أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أفرأيت الذي تولى وأعطى قليلا وأكدا أعنده علم الغيب فهو يرى أم لم ينبأ بما في صحف موسى وإبراهيم الذي وفى ألا تزر وازرة وزر أخرى وأن ليس للإنسان إلا ما سعى وأن سعيه سوف يرى ثم يجزاه الجزاء الأوفى وأن إلى ربك المنتهى وأنه هو أضحك وأبكى وأنه هو أمات وأحيا وأنه خلق الزوجين الذكر والأنثى من نطفة إذا تمنى وأن عليه النشأة الأخرى وأنه هو أغنى وأقنى وأنه هو رب الشعرى وأنه أهلك عدن الأولى وثمود فما أبقى وقوم نوح من قبل إنهم كانوا هم أظلم وأطغى والمؤتفكة أهوى فغشاها ما غشا فبأي آلاء ربك تتمارى هذا نذير من النذر الأولى أزفت الآزفة ليس لها من دون الله كاشفة أفمن هذا الحديث تعجبون وتضحكون ولا تبكون وأنتم سامدون فاسجدوا لله واعبدوا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على خاتم النبيين إمامنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى الآل وصحب الكرام أما بعد اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن عين لا تدمع ومن دعاء لا يسمع رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمم بالخير وبك نستعين ثم أما بعد My dear fathers, my dear brothers, my dear mothers and sisters Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh All praises are due to Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal Al-Wahid Al-Qahhar الأحد الفرد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد And peace and salutations be upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The one who said تركت فيكم ما إن تمسكتم به لن تضلوا بعدي أبدا كتاب الله وسنته رسول الله sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that I have left with you two things and if you hold steadfast upon these two things, upon them both, you will never ever become astray. 
These two things are the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evils of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to guide, then none can misguide that person. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees guidance upon or decrees misguidance upon, then none can guide him. As to what follows, the first thing that I want to share with you all, and we can place this under the ground rules for your attendance for this particular conference, and that is the fact that you are all here first and foremost to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something that we need to make manifest within ourselves. We are not here to be entertained. And yes, we are here to gain knowledge and maybe that much needed focus, especially since we have the month of Ramadan in front of us. But before that, we have to make manifest within ourselves that our sitting here is solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are building our Jannah by sitting here. No matter how warm it is and how long you've been sitting, you need to motivate yourselves through knowing that you are building your paradise by your sitting. You are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through your sitting. Your scales of good deeds are becoming heavier because of your sitting. And for this to come into effect, we have to ensure that we have a sincere intention. After you've made clear that your sitting is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you may rely upon the fact that you are here to gain knowledge. And notice that I said then and not and. So we're not here to worship Allah and gain knowledge. We're here to worship Allah, then gain knowledge. This is something which we need to understand, O servants of Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, That be God conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will teach you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala place this sitting on our scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us in Jannah in the same way He has gathered us here today. Amin. The topic for this afternoon, if not evening, let me just check. It's still afternoon. The sun sets very late here, mashallah. The topic for this afternoon is me, myself and I. And my dear brother here said that, inshallah, the topic or the title will become clearer once the talk goes on. But to be honest, I don't even have clarity regarding the topic. <laughs> if I asked you all that what do you think would be discussed under something entitled me, myself and I, what, what would you think? Does anybody have an answer? Go ahead. Anania, huh? myself. Myself. Being selfish, right? Putting myself forward. Well, when this topic was given to me, I did think of that. I said that would be the obvious approach. To go out there and tell people not to be selfish. To go out there and tell people to be giving, not to be proud, to be humble. But this is something that we definitely have heard in several talks throughout our lives. In Jumu'ah talks and probably the message has been made manifest in some of the discussions we had with each other throughout the course of yesterday and today. So I thought of a different approach. 
And this thought came to me when I was reciting Surah An-Najm. And that's why I chose to start off today with pertinent verses that inshallah will make clearer for us all the avenue I've decided to take with this particular topic. Now note that we are discussing Muslims in the West uh, and we are speaking about flourishing and thriving, etc. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Najm makes manifest a reality and that reality is something which we know but we forget. It's just like when you're driving on the motorway. You see the speed limit, isn't it? But they always, after so many kilometers, they remind you what the speed limit is. Right? As if you forgot. Isn't it? So, for example, in, in Riyadh, for example, it's 110 kilometers. And in some stretches, 120. So you pass it and you know, this is the speed limit. As long as I'm driving at this speed, I won't have any problems with the law. But after a few kilometers, they put up the sign again. And a few more kilometers, you put up the sign again and you think to yourself, MashaAllah, these people have a lot of money, a lot of metal, a lot of paint, and they know how to write numbers, isn't it? But in reality, what they're doing is reminding you of something that you already know because mankind through his or her norm becomes oblivious. So the issue is not forgetfulness, the issue is oblivion, right? So what have we become oblivious about? Well, given the nature of the talk, me, myself and I, we know but we've become oblivious of the fact, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, that we will die alone. And you will be in your grave alone. And you will face the questioning that happens in the grave alone. And you will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah alone. And you will bear the burden of your deeds alone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not make you responsible for the sins of others. Me, myself, and I. Can you see that? Can you see that? This is something which we know, O servants of Allah. It's something which we know, but we've become oblivious about. And this is manifest in the way that we live our lives today. We're always worried about what the next person will think about us. If I do this, what will they say? How will I look? Isn't it? We're trying to appease the masses. We have forgotten that we have a responsibility in front of a living Rabb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a responsibility in front of Him and we will answer for our actions. We will not be asked about somebody else's actions, nor will they be asked about our actions. So the question, why are we in a state of oblivion? What has put us in this state where we have become heedless with this understanding? Heedless with regards to the reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This ghafla. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His book has warned us against ghafla. In many places in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made manifest the evils of ghafla. And reminded us time and time again to live our lives in a manner 
that we are not overcome by ghaflah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اِقْتَرَبَ لِلنَّاسِ حِسَابُهُمْ وَهُمْ فِي غَفْلَةٍ مُعْرِضُونَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the coming of the hour is very close. اِقْتَرَبَ لِلنَّاسِ حِسَابُهُمْ The audit that each and every one of us will go through with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of qiyamah is very close. وَهُمْ فِي غَفْلَةٍ مُعْرِضُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, but they are in denial about it. Why? Because they are in a state of heedlessness. لا إله إلا الله. They are in a state of heedlessness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the heedless one in his book as well. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ ذَرَأْنَا لِجَهَنَّمَ كَثِيرًا مِّنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we have already created for the hellfire many from the jinn and the ins, from mankind and the jinn kind. Who are they, O oh Allah? لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا They have hearts, but they do not understand. وَلَهُمْ أَعْيُنٌ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ بِهَا They have eyes, but they don't see. وَلَهُمْ آذَانٌ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ بِهَا They have ears, but they don't hear. أُولَٰئِكَ الْأَنْعَامِ They are like the an'am, like the animals. بَلْ هُمْ أَضَلْ Allah says no. They are worse than the animals. Who are they, O oh Allah? أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْغَافِلُونَ They are the heedless ones. Those that know, but are in oblivion. La ilaha illallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us against these traits. Against being people who have eyes, but we are spiritually blind. Against being people who have ears, but we are spiritually deaf. Against being people who have hearts, but we are spiritually dead. And this is a fact of servants of Allah. The human self can be alive physically, but spiritually dead. And when we are spiritually dead, we fall into the state of heedlessness, we fall into the state of oblivion. Why is it that we find people say that we observe the five times daily salah? We fast the month of Ramadan. But we are still inclined towards haram. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that indeed the salah puts an end to that which is fahsha, which is immoral, wal-munkar, and that which is disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm observing the salah, but I'm still involved in transactions that are based on riba, for example. I'm still finding myself making excuses to validate my transactions. I am bringing up my children contra- um, contradictory and in the contrary to that which the Prophet ﷺ has shared with me and taught me. I am with my family in a manner that contradicts the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ. I observe the salah. I'm supposed to be away from the state, but why is it that I am in the state? The next person says that I fast the month of Ramadan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
taught us that the month of Ramadan has been prescribed upon us so that we may attain taqwa, God consciousness, the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, piety. So why is it that we finish the month of Ramadan and all we have is that the scale is showing that we're two kgs less. Well, some scale. Some people, mashallah, they put on weight in Ramadan. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we finish the month of Ramadan and we haven't developed taqwa. We haven't developed God consciousness. Look at the state of the believers on the day of Eid and the haram that is being portrayed on the day of Eid. One month of taraweeh and tahajjud and qiyamul layl and dua and fasting and really connecting to our spiritual self. And the next day, it's all out the window. Why is that, O servants of Allah? This is because we have become, if I can call it so, body worshippers of Allah. Body worshippers of Allah, not spiritual worshippers of Allah. We read salah with our bodies, without our hearts being engaged. When we say Allahu Akbar, that Allah is greater. Subhanallah, look at the wisdom. Allahu Akbar. That Allah is greater than everything else. It's not Allah is the greatest, as most uh, translations place it. Allah is the greatest would be Allahul Akbar. This is Allahu Akbar. Allah is greater. Allah is greater than everything else that you are doing, supposed to be doing, and didn't do. Now you are in a state of solace in front of Allah Rabbul Izzati Wal Jalal. Allah is greater than everything else. We say this Allahu Akbar with our bodies, but not with our hearts. The spiritual self is not being engaged. Thus the sweetness of the salah is not being experienced. Right? And the results of the salah is not being felt after the salah is over. The same goes with the month of Ramadan. We stay away from food. We stay away from drink. But the heart is not fasting as the body fasts. And this is the reality. The spiritual self is not being engaged. And insan is in a state of oblivion. Insan thus forgets that there is a standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by himself. He forgets that there are questions that need answering in the grave by himself. He forgets that he is the sole person responsible for his deeds on the day of Qiyamah. So the question now must be asked, that okay, you have presented to us a problem. What is the solution? Right? We shouldn't be people who bring out problems only. We should present solutions. And I've thought about this, O servants of Allah, and I think that the solution to this, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, is if we are able to answer two questions. If we can physically and spiritually answer two questions, inshallah this will be a means of us coming out of the state of oblivion and being in a state of reality and not heedlessness. So what are these two questions? The first question is, who are you? That is the first question. Who are you, O son of Adam? And the second question is, why were you created? These are the two questions I pose for you. Think about the answers to these questions for a moment, O servants of Allah. Who are you? And why were you created? Why should you ever be in a state of oblivion? It's because you haven't understood who you are 
and haven't understood why you were created. So let's begin. Let's begin with the first question. Who are we, O servants of Allah? Well, if we look at insan, we'll find that we are a body. And unfortunately today, we only think that we are a body, right? But we are other things as well. We are a nafs. We are a mind. We are a soul. And we are a heart as well. We are five things. A body, a nafs, a mind, a soul, and a heart. La ilaha illallah. Let us tackle these things one by one. Let us look at ourselves as a body because this is the most important aspect or it has become the most important aspect of insan. We are too overwhelmed by our bodies. How we look, we have become people of appearance. Physically speaking and figuratively speaking. Physically speaking, how we are perceived by others in terms of when they look at us and our bodily features. And figuratively speaking, how we are perceived by others based on the actions that we do. If I'm a person who stands to uplift the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'll be seen as this. I'll be looked at as that. I'll be seen as somebody who is too deep, for example. So this perception we've become engulfed with. Why? Our bodies will be seen in the wrong light. So if we're thinking like this, O servants of Allah, then know and understand that if you think that you are great with this body, understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created things which are greater than this body. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised those things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings our attention to it in His book. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, for example, أَفَلَا يَنظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah said, have you not pondered over the ibl, the camel, كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ and how it was created? وَإِلَى السَّمَاءِ كَيْفَ رُفِعَتْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings our attention to the sky and how it has been made elevated. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. And like this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings us down to earth. That O son of Adam, if you thought you were special because of your body, then know and understand that there are things greater than your body. In fact, when we look at the Quran, O servants of Allah, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't praise the body for being a body. Yes, the body might be praised in terms of it being part of insan. As Allah said, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانِ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises this appearance, but not because it's a body, but because it's insan. And remember what we're doing now is discussing you as an insan. And that you, you as an insan are made up of five things. But when Allah speaks about the body, He says, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَهُمْ تُعْجِبُكَ أَجْسَامُهُمْ Subhanallah. Allah speaks about the body not in a praiseworthy manner when He speaks about the bodies of the munafiqun and the hypocrites. He says that when you see them, their bodies will amaze you. Subhanallah. Their bodies will amaze you. These are people of outside appearance. The hypocrites are people of outside appearance. They show you one thing, but they internalize something else. Right? They only care about how you perceive them. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought our attention and focused on تُعْجِبُكَ أَجْسَامُهُمْ Their bodies will amaze you. 
And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said regarding this body, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرْ إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَاكِنْ يَنظُرْ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ لَا إِلَىٰ إِلَىٰ اللَّهِ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't look at your outside appearance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not concerned about your bodies, أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَاكِنْ but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at and is concerned about قُلُوبِكُمْ your hearts وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ and your deeds. Subhana Rabbi Allah. Subhana Rabbi Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of better deeds and people of depth and substance because we see in the ummah a lot of shallowness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So this is what the sharia has taught us regarding our bodies or servants of Allah. So if you thought that you were everything because of your body, then know and understand that there are greater bodies that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised. So we are a body. After that, we are a nafs. And understand this properly, O servants of Allah, because this nafs should make us understand how weak we are. This nafs is a faculty that is used to test the son of Adam. It is part of our makeup. We got to understand this, that we are a nafs. And this nafs from the outset, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, my dear fathers, my dear brothers, my dear mothers and sisters, is a testing tool for us. It is a nafs that by default is inclined towards evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes this manifest in the Quran when he mentions the speech of the minister's wife after she tried to seduce Yusuf alayhi salam. What did she say? She said, وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُّوءِ إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي She said, I do not rid myself of blame. Indeed, this nafs is inclined towards evil. A great inclination. A great inclination. By default, this nafs wants all that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned us against. And think why it is so difficult to offer four rak'at of salah, but it is possible for us to complete a 90-minute football match. Even if it goes into extra times, no problem. We'll be ready, isn't it? Nobody needs to prepare us. But four rak'at of salah, la ilaha illallah, thaqeel, it's heavy, isn't it? That's because of this nafs. Understand that you're not just a body. There's this nafs that also has a lot to say in your decisions. A lot to say in what you do. So you are a nafs. 